There will be bourbon is joined tonight by America's most trusted riot reporter. He is the lover of a, a good your mom joke. He tends to mock the joke? diameter. Yeah, joke. Your mom hmm. joke. Okay. You you don't make those? No, no, I just they're not jokes. Stepping on my monologue here. But anyway. <laughs> He tends to mock the diameter of the appendages of one of the world's most okayest Green Berets, Nick, guys. So if you're out there, Nick, and I know you are, buddy, let's hit that squat rack and do some curls. To please the grunt-style ambassador himself, Julio Rosas. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Just figuring out what to do next uh since we got the Chauvin verdict in and then uh you know we got border stuff still ongoing so uh just enjoying the lull a little bit um, yeah so because but, before we get into that real quick so uh as you know this show is fueled by bourbon and tonight in honor of julio rosas we're gonna go with an american staple because Julio should be an American staple at this point, which I'm sure he is. He's got a blue check. He'll let you, he'll tell you all about it too. If you give him a chance. Um, we got a little wild Turkey one Oh one because to do what Julio does, not only in covering the riots, but also as he just mentioned, getting down up to the border and kind of, you know, bringing that truth to America's head in the sand eyes i would say you have to be a little wild so julio this one's for you buddy uh and again thanks for everything you do do because it, it is very important and and that's kind of what i wanted to talk to you about is so before we get into the whole like so no shit there i was last summer in kenosha and all these other places where these riots took place that you were on ground for you're st- you're a fairly young guy uh significantly younger than myself not as good looking but you are younger um, but so, so I am curious as to where in your past did you decide this was the path for you? Like what led you down this path? Because there's a ton of people who want to get big platforms, whether it's politics, media, sport, whatever. And they aren't yeah. fortunate enough to have created the success you've done for yourself. So how did that happen? So I was, it was, so it was the 2016 election. And so 2015, 2016 timeframe and I knew I wanted to get into politics. It was a matter of what exactly, because, you know, that is a big yeah. uh, sphere you can, you can get into. And so uh, I, I knew, I realized that by utilizing Twitter to cover protests specifically in real time and posts, like you can actually build up a, a brand for yourself pretty quickly. Now, of course, the key thing is you have to be accurate because if you're not, people will call you out as, as right. they should. And so the, uh, the the protests at the RNC in Cleveland and that which is a, a terrible city, <laughs> that, that's that's specifically for Nick. Uh, it, and the 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 DNC in Philadelphia, which by the way, like the hottest week for each of those cities happened at the same time of the RNC. So I was outside at like the hottest time of the year. It was it was it was Definitely pretty rough. You the protesters, right? Yeah, exactly. And so, but so covering those two things when I was just starting out and and again, using Twitter to provide updates in real time. Now, I wasn't really expecting riots of any kind, uh, but it was, they they got pretty rowdy. I mean, you had Alex Jones go right into the middle of this crowd and start some stuff. And it it was pretty funny because I was literally like two feet away from from the man himself. But realizing you can um, use this skill with this asset and yeah. you can really start growing a platform that way. Uh, I knew that I was uh, there, there, there is a, a good chance I could make a career out of it in terms of, in terms of journalism. And so that that's kind of what got me hooked on covering protests. Uh, and then, uh, then of course, riots as time went on, but yeah. I, I really made the decision to kind of go all in when Trump won in 2016, I was at college at the time. And I knew, I just knew that if there was a good opportunity to get going while things were good in terms of content, because, you know, the, the 2016 campaign was just absolutely bonkers. And so it's just like, well, then the administration is going to be absolutely bonkers. And it was. And, and so that's why 
uh, going to the spring semester of 2017, that's when I told my school, like, hey, I'm, I'm not going to come back. And they're like, oh, what, what are you going to do? And I just said, I'm going to be a reporter. And they said, OK, <laughs> like, I think at least I think I am. That's, yeah. that's kind of the goal. And so I applied for a few places. I went to Independent General Review and I and so I moved out to the DC area in 2017 of May, Memorial, Memorial Day weekend, actually. And so uh, th- th- that's where things kind of got started. And I've been out in the DC area ever since then. I, and I lived in Virginia, DC, Maryland. So I, I've kind of been all over the place in, in my time since then. I do prefer the Virginia side, uh, but it, it's, it, it was just, it was just kind of a, I mean, it was a big risk. Don't get me wrong. And, and I, there were, there were a few times where, well, more than a few times where I thought, Ooh, you know, maybe, maybe I made the wrong decision here. And, and, but, you know, I, I wasn't going to give up that easily. Uh, I, I mean, I'm stubborn. I, that, that's, that's one of the things that my mom and my dad will tell you and I get it from them. So good job, but it's, it, so I, I really wanted to, to make it work. It, and so, I stuck it out for, for a while when things were like, I'm, I'm talking where I had less than a thousand dollars in my bank account, like just like total, like to my name. And, and, you know, I wasn't going to just ask my parents for money and, and handouts and all that. But I, I, you know, cause I really wanted to make like uh, the success my own. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I, I was literally a week away from moving back to Illinois, which is my home state. And now I can actually say that's a terrible state. It's a terribly bad state. <laughs> it's, it's the California of the Midwest. It's got the greatest uh, football team in America, though. Yeah, you're weird. You're weird that way. Even I, I'm not. A, I don't know. Why are you a Bears fan? Well, I'm a Bears fan because my dad was a Bears fan growing up, right? So I'm sorry, Philadelphia, right? Okay, well, so I come from South New Jersey. That's where I was born. Mm -hmm. So all my family were Eagles fans. My dad dad. in the '80s went. Yeah, my dad in the '80s was really into the Bears because they were super popular back then. That's when they were their best. Yeah. So he decided to become a Bears fan, and I don't know if he ever liked any team before that. All I knew is growing up as a little three, four, five, six-year-old kid, I just wanted to do what my dad did, and that was the Bears. So I chose them. My brother became a Seahawks fan for some reason. Um, but I cannot stand Eagles, the team, fans in general from Philly. And a lot of the times during football season, I can't stand my family members who are Eagles fans because they literally <laughs> are the worst people on earth. They are the Oakland Raiders fans east. Of the east. Yeah, I, I would agree to that. And, and my, my, my roommate, Greg Price, who I'm sure, I'm sure you, you've seen on Twitter, uh, he, he is, he's from the Philadelphia area. And he, he's all in on the Philly sports teams, including That's the terrible. Eagles. He's a terrible I, and so I make, I, make fun, I make fun of him a lot. Because you should a lot find of a different roommate. So real quick, I wanted to touch on two things you said that I think is pivotal for anybody trying to be successful in anything. And you don't have to be Julio trying to cover riots or create a niche for yourself in the, in the reporting or the media game. But what he said was he was in college and he, he, he spotted an opportunity for himself, right? And you dropped out of college. That's fucking ballsy on its own. And then number two, you're like, I'm just going to go. I'm going to go for this and I'm going to move to the area where I think I need to be for this stuff to take place. Now, look, man, I myself included, I've, I've had dreams that I haven't realized. Um, most, not just Americans, but most people. You or Ray Ocean. I was. Um, and, but you know what? If we went all the way back to Ray Ocean time, I could literally point out and pinpoint a moment when myself and my partner, who both were expecting babies, right? Yeah. And we decided the best thing for us to do to take care of them was to probably go find some real fucking work. Cause we had just came out of a meeting in Chicago of all places, Illinois, where they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll sign you guys to a, uh, a two album deal for $75,000 and we own everything that you guys make. And I just remember sitting myself thinking that like, that doesn't sound right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we walked away from it and honestly, maybe we could have made something of ourselves if we stuck it out a little bit more, but we didn't. And so what I'm trying to get back to is that there's so many people across this planet who just never take that chance that you did. And now when you look, you didn't, this hasn't even been that long, man. It's been four or five years since. And yep. you've created a hell of a platform for yourself. You've been on, obviously you work for townhall.com, huge, huge outlet. You, you've been on all these other media outlets through cable news, Fox news, and your appearances with the bow tie guy. Um, 
Tucker Carlson, who he'll love also that. tell you all Love about. the man. Love He's, Tucker. He seems like a good guy. Um, so yeah, so you've done that. So those are the two things that I think I, I want people to, to really key in on because that took some balls, dude, and you did that. Yeah, and, and, and really, I don't think I'd be able to replicate that success. And, and as I was talking about earlier, there was, there was a time where I thought, oh, this, this is not going to be successful. And so what I was saying earlier was I was literally a week away from making the decision yeah. to move back, move back home. And then literally just by, I, I wouldn't say by coincidence, but just it just happened that uh, an old coworker of mine at IJR who went to the Washington Examiner, he called me and said, hey, we, we, like I, we, we, you should join us because I know you're good at this and we, we could use you. And, and so I wrestled with the idea for a little bit because I, I was working at Mediate at the time. I remember that. And, and they... Um, and so they're, they're, they're based in New York city, but most of their writers are remote. And so, you know, I was still, I was in Maryland at the time and I thought, okay, well, if, if I, if I'm going to work for Mediate for the foreseeable future, uh, uh, cause I'm not moving up to New York city. There's just, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and so, cause New York city is just, yeah, that's a whole other it's great to anyway, visit. That's about it's it. It's great to, yeah. And Unless so, you're rich, then yeah, that's the only time to spend more than two days there. Right. And so I, and so I was just going to move back home and just kind of re, re, refigure things right. out and see if I still want to continue doing this. And, and so then when this opportunity came up, I thought, okay, well, if I'm going to take this opportunity, which would, cause they're, cause the examiner is based in literally uh, not too far from the white house, probably about like two or three blocks uh, North. And so, it was, it was, it was the decision where, okay, if I take this, I'm going to, I'm going to continue sticking with it. And so that's, that's why I said the examiner, I was there for seven months and then covering a riot in Portland between Antifa and the proud boys. That's kind of what got me more on the radar for town hall. I had freelance for them earlier uh, in the year. And then also in 2018 towards the end. And so they already knew my work and they knew, I, they knew I was good at, writing and all, all that sort of stuff and so that's why when they were looking to hire they uh they that was at the top of the list for that and so and and, I, and that was also a little bit of a risk too because i wasn't looking for a job i was already at the washington examiner which yeah. was pretty good and and but they they really they they my the credit to them is that they really saw the value of what i could bring to, to the team and of course we had no idea that covid was going to happen we had no idea you know george floyd was going to happen the following year yeah. but because because i made it an expectation i said hey look you know I, I i like to cover rights i like to travel when the opportunity presents itself and i think it's worth going to and they said yeah no for sure well, like that that is if that's what you want to do and like we know you're going to be good at that so that like we're all well for that and then just we just didn't expect that how much we were going to utilize yeah. that 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 skill and that that passion I have, which which I, I really do enjoy Why? doing that. Yeah, yeah, it's it it's it, it's for a lot of reasons, and what, one of the main thing is just one of the main reasons why is just because it's it's easy, which is kind of weird to say because in a lot of ways it's not, but because this it, when you break it down it's just you record what you're seeing and you put it out there so the and you, story and, it, it tells it, itself and and you the story tells itself it unfolds and then uh and that's like when the riots are happening and then you have the yeah. aftermath which does require a little bit more legwork because you gotta you gotta find people and you gotta see if they're willing to talk to you and stuff like that but in the the the, the heat of the moment uh, great song, by the way. But <laughs> in, 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 when things are going off, all you do is just hit record and then you just describe again accurately that, you know, what's happening. And then you send it out for people to which is see, big. which is, which is, which is, and, and so, being big that... well, right. And so then that's the second thing where, I, as we saw throughout last year and even, yeah. even, even this year, we, we have these large news media outlets that have way more resources than town hall has and has way more, has larger staff and production and yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. And then they just do a terrible fucking job at actually showing or showing, or even just relaying what's happening. Because then we saw, because that, that prime example of Ali Velchi at MSNBC where there's a building burning behind him and we could see that, but then he's relaying saying, Oh, it's, it's, it's mostly peaceful. It's mostly generally peaceful. It's like bad tank Bob all over again, man. There's right. no American it, tanks here. <laughs> it is it, saying it's not unruly. And I saw him that night. Uh, and, but of course I was busy just, yeah. I, I, and I, I, I didn't hear what he was saying. And then I got back to my, 
hotel room at the end, at the end of the night. And I, and I finally was like catching up on Twitter and seeing else. And I saw what he had said. And I was like, are you, are you fucking kidding me? This is unreal. Like, and so that, so that's kind of, that's kind of the second reason because I know that not only am I good at it, but apparently so many other people are bad at it. So I know that people are going to be looking for accurate sources of information. And so that's, again, the that's where I excel at. And I know people are going to be want because they want to know what's what's really happening. And and unfortunately, a lot of the news media, the mainstream media just has this agenda and they, they're going to distort it and they're going to not so- accurately relay it. The way, like what's the way you're describing that and the, the individual you brought up, like, is that so is in your opinion or do you I don't know, maybe you know this, like, is that just when they go out, are they directed? Hey, you're going to put this lens on it no matter what. Or is this ah. just something that because that's where they're at, they're just mm-hmm. expected to deliver it in a certain manner? Well, so to, to provide again with embassy MSNBC as an example. Uh, the Craig Melvin, who is one of their anchors, he tweeted the day before I had gotten there. So I got there on Thursday, the 28th. So on the 27th, I'm pretty, if I'm remembering correctly, he tweeted out like their style guide. He said, this, this is how we're going to describe what's happening. And basically it was what's, what's happening is not riots, but largely peaceful protests with some acts of violence. Like that was, that, that was kind of, and so I'm not sure if that was, if, if he was just copying, you know, he was telling everybody what the the, the editorial policy that MSNBC was going to yeah. go using forward, but it, it kind of makes sense, right? Because then we had Ellie uh, the next night trying to tell us what you know what we were seeing wasn't really happening, right. and so but but so uh, that that very much is is a strong possibility, and uh, I'm, obviously I'm not within their right, internal exactly, communications, yeah. although if anyone wants to leak that to me, that's great. Uh, it, it's just, it, it's just, just follow him on Twitter at Julio Rosas. <laughs> but right. And so I think it's just a combination of just their ideology and then that ideology affecting their editorial policy. And so, and, and that riots are just kind of the, the easiest examples to show that, that it's, it, it goes beyond bias. I mean, bias is a part of it, but it's just really just this worldview slash mission that they have of this is what we're going to report it as. And, and even though it flies in the face of what's actually happening <laughs> and, 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 get, and so, so that, that's kind of the, so that's the second reason where I know uh, people are going to actually be looking for accurate sources of information in these chaotic times that, that we were in. And then the third thing is, is that they're there. And this is, I know how it's going to sound, but, but they're fun in a messed up way. And uh, yeah, it because when like for me personally i know that and i know that comes again i know how that sounds but when things are just happening and and they're they're crazy and and they're they're it's just literally a free-for-all which minneapolis was and uh that was that was out of all the riots i covered minneapolis you know the very beginning right. of it all what was the worst just because of how large scale and how just big and out of control it got and so you, you took you, the round yeah yeah that, okay. that's that's minnesota state police and so the the uh so when all that's happening you just go you go through a lot of emotions right and mm-hmm. and you just feel you're high on adrenaline you're it's a lot of exciting things are happening. And, and so there's just like, and, and also this part, like you're witnessing, you're literally witnessing history. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we're going to be talking about this and this specifically Minneapolis and its effects for, for decades to come. And so to be kind of front row at, at that history making uh, event, it, it's, it's a really cool thing to witness but then you also have to kind of ground it with okay but obviously what obviously what's happening is very bad not yeah. just for the the local community but uh, the but the 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 country as a whole right. and so then that's kind of the fourth thing where it's i really like to highlight the victims of of these riots because you know oftentimes and and again to use minneapolis as an example uh when they because i was there when they attacked the third precinct on that Thursday night and how the cops were ordered to evacuate. And then, you know, there, there was no, there literally there was zero law enforcement presence at, 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 after that. And so 
people, you know, people, when I, when I posted the video and, and I was saying, oh man, they, they abandoned the third police precinct. I can't believe that I saw that people were cheering that on because they were saying, oh yeah, because they're, they're going after the oppressors. They're going after, you know, the people who caused all of this. And, and, you know, if you'll want to subscribe to that, okay. Uh, but the issue is, is then it then rippled out from there and it, people who had nothing to do with the Minneapolis police department and George Floyd, they felt the negative consequences of people's outrage. Right, and, exactly. and, exactly. and, and so that's why when <laughs> they like to call it uprisings or, or try to, <laughs> I don't know, do, do trying to try to call it something other than a riot because yeah. it, it, cause I mean, it was, I mean, that's, that's what, that's what Minneapolis experienced. It, it, it takes away from the fact that, okay, if you want to, if you want to target the people who, you know, the, you know, the state and, and, and all that, because do you think that's the righteous thing to do because of what happened to George Floyd? Okay. But then you do realize that uh, minorities, black Americans, Latinos, uh, there was even Palestinians and, and Somalians yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who, 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 whose livelihoods were severely threatened and, and damaged. Yeah. And, you know, there's some people who, who weren't able to recover from that. Cause then we had, yeah, the, you're destroying your own community. Right. And, and so that I don't think is obviously okay uh, at a bare minimum because the, the effects are long lasting. And, and so I, I very much want to highlight that because then now we're in this stage of where literally last year it was, oh, yeah, yes, there are riots happening, but it's, it's mostly peaceful movement and all that other nonsense. And then now today we have people saying, you know, in, in within the mainstream media, uh, saying, "Oh yeah, there there was no rights." I mean, we had Paul Krugman just last week saying GOP voters literally believe that whole cities were burned down, or you know, and it's like, yes, yeah, it was on TV. <laughs> that, like it wasn't it was just on, on your networks I, that you I, appeared I, on. It I, was on every network. <laughs> I, I, saw, I saw it. I took pictures. Saw on the here, video. Here, yeah, here, it's, here, it's, here are the pictures. Here's the it's video. On the internet. And, the internet's and, then, and and that was a, that was so he's a New York Times columnist. And then there's a literally I think the day before the day after Paul tweeted that I can't remember the guy's name. I mean he's a progressive columnist, but so again he said this he said something very similar worth like can you believe Republican voters think that there was BLM riots happened and it's like because they did. Yeah, <laughs> so like, and, so, and so and so. Now it's just a matter of okay, well, clearly we have to document this and document it accurately because if the if their side is the one writing, then they're gonna they're just gonna go jump straight to well, it didn't happen, which is yeah, it's beyond, so, it's beyond gaslighting, I think. Where so this is what I want to know, Julio, because again, I I don't bring it up as a slight, but it, it because you are younger, and I'm just curious how how right. you grew up because I feel like you grew up in an area where this stuff's always been polarized. And I don't, I don't remember feeling that when I was your age or even a little younger, especially when I was in high school, I was in high school in the nineties. I graduated in 99. Um, I don't remember it being this way, but it was also because cable news hadn't really became the forefront of American media like it is now. And so I don't understand, or I don't even know when I can think back on a time when I could be like, that's when it happened. But when did we get to the point in this country with media to where everything is just this side's going to tell this story. This side's going to tell this story and everyone in the middle, like most Americans I think are can just tune into what they feel speaks to them or just kind of, Hey, figure it out because we're not going to give you the actual honest story. We're going to give you something that's full of our specific slant. So, I mean, I, I really don't have a good answer to that yeah. just because, like, does, man. just because I, well, for me personally, I, I didn't really start paying attention to politics until like 2013, 2012. Yeah. And that might be it a went, good time when it's really, cause that was like that, post tea party movement kind of, you know? Yeah. I mean? so. And so, and, 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 and so, cause I, I, I graduated high school in 2014 and, and I, even then I was, I didn't really get into politics until like yeah. about 20, 2015. And so, you know, cause I mean, I look, I remember when CNN used to be an actual news organization actually. And, yep. and I, I watched, movie. I, I, I watched that movie, uh, Life from Baghdad. Or, yeah. Life from Baghdad. Baghdad. That's fucking yeah. incredible. That shit doesn't exist anymore. And, and, and so, uh, 
and so I would actually because I, since I watched on YouTube the the mm-hmm. the actual real segments are, yeah, are you up can on YouTube, see those, I mean, right? You can watch you can watch those, and and I remember crazy. I remember I. I I was born in 96, so I mm-hmm. don't remember 9-11 as vividly as a lot yeah, of the yeah, old, yeah. as a lot of, as long as the old folks do. Um, old. While, while, while you still can remember, <laughs> I know you're getting to that age. I am, but, that's, but that's I, I drink I remember, a lot. It keeps the memories clear, man. <laughs> but I remember one of my few memories from that day was watching CNN in the living room and watching mm-hmm. the planes hit, hit the cool, towers uh, open and you know, putting, putting that on repeat. But so, I, I'm not entirely too sure, although I, I would say that there was this shift within within all the network, the right. main cable networks, Fox News, yeah. MSNBC, and, and CNN, where they would they would no longer they would have their anchors and and the, pretty much almost every show on on all the channels kind of have that this where they have a monologue. Yep, and it's not because it, it doesn't really because you know Brett Bear is like one of the few. That doesn't have a monologue. He just he just jumps right into what's going on for the day. Uh, but most of the other networks, their 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 supposed uh, news uh, you know, anchors, they they have this monologue where they're going giving their opinion. And look, I'm not saying opinion is bad. I, I I'm a, the reason why I call myself a a writer, senior writer, and not a journalist because I'm of the belief that actual journalists slash reporters don't give their opinions or they don't, they don't write commentary or they don't give yeah, commentary. They shouldn't. And, and they, and they, sh- and, right. And so, so if you're a writer, then I, it's th- different because it's, it's different. Yeah. yeah. So I, 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 I like to play both sides because yeah, I right. come out on top, but, <laughs> and so, and so, but, that, but that's, so that's kind of like my signal to let people know. It's like, Hey, you know, I'm going to give just straight down reporting, but when it's appropriate and when I actually have time to formulate, uh, formulate an actual coherent thought yeah. instead of just spouting the first thing that comes to mind, which I'm going to everyone give, I'm does, gonna, unfortunately, on Twitter. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give that. And so I, I very much, I think that, I think, and, and that start, that trend started to happen in like the early 2010s. Right and, and and you know the, the around yeah. that era and then of course then the, the, Occupy the, the Trump, Wall Street and all that shit kind the, of well and then and then the Trump era came and yeah. and he they, were, I mean, they loved him it was it was ratings gold there was so there's a reason why they gave him millions I, I keep saying this because I go back I I just um, just by yeah, constantly well, covering him uh my best friend that I've known since first grade and him and I have always we we talk about everything and I still remember. Like when my phone was populating on this update, I got all these texts from like 2013 and I'm just going through them. And him and I were talking about Trump back then. Like, hey, this this dude needs to run for president. And, and I remember like my buddy and I were just kind of like, eh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Right. But it was weird because like former President Trump at the time, especially in 2011, 2012, 2013, I felt like he was saying so much stuff that just average people thought yeah. and he never really did. He was never on a side. Like he wasn't trying to say, Oh, I'm a, I'm, 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 I'm on the left politically or I'm on the right politically. He just was speaking as Donald Trump and everyone loved Donald Trump before he decided to put the wrong letter, mm-hmm. in my opinion, next to his name. Oh, and absolutely. Now, and now he's, become, absolutely. now he's become what he is, but Donald Trump, like, come on, man. Joe Biden. Come on, man. I love that. I love that stuff. Uh, But the fact that the dude literally has been in movies, he's got board games, like going back to the 80s, like the guy was adored in America, period. It didn't matter what political party you were. You just, hey, you attributed success to donald trump as an american right and and i think i think part of that is because one of the weird arguments against him of saying that he's not a populist is because oh look how gaudy his his trump tower are you know in his apartment and all this or whatever but there's an appeal to that because you you have the average joe saying oh yeah if i was a billionaire i'd just spend money i would do right i i I would buy (laughs) A gold plated toilet because why the fuck not? I why have all this money. Not? Have you guys and, been to the Middle East? This is what they do with their money because they have nothing else to fucking do with it. Yeah, I mean, they might as well is... spend it on. Yeah, have all this money, <laughs> might spend it on something. And so exactly. that's why I never, 
That's why that yeah. whole argument is like, well, look, look, look at his apartment. And they're like, yeah, because they would probably do something very similar. Like they'd have the tigers in the background yeah. or imagine, whatever. Imagine not being poor and not living like it. It's crazy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. But so, so, but to go, so to go back to, to, yeah. to your media question. It, so I think, so with, with Donald Trump, it really gave them an enemy to that they would love that, that they would love to hate on. And so then that, that the whole paradigm then shifted, but it, it, the groundwork was definitely laid way before that and it, it was inc- incremental and i think that i and, and really i don't know what the solution is now because i mean there, there's a reason why they do it it's because it does well for ratings on Mr. cnn but it, it it's <laughs> it, it, it opened pandora's box and or or it put you know all the toothpaste and it's like putting the toothpaste yeah. back in the tube like there, there's there's no going back and i don't I don't really know what what I, I don't have a solution. I'm not smart enough to think of like, oh, this is how you solve the, the media b- bullshit that they do. Because I, I mean, there's nothing wrong. Like there's nothing wrong with what Tucker Carlson does or, or what you know, there's nothing inherently wrong with what they do with monologues and, and whatnot. It's just the fact that with Tucker Carlson, you know, you're getting an opinion host and, and yeah. you're getting this guy who has this sarcastic wit and, and he does what I mean, he, he just I was we were just watching him before before I hopped on hopped onto this and they're going to read they're going to do a dramatic reading of Stacey Abrams old romance novels right and and that's what I like to call his fuck you segments because he has (laughs) he has like three million people watching him every night so it's like yeah let's just do it's kind of similar to Trump right they should compare all this money with Bill O'Reilly's old uh, (laughs) and so but but like you know you're getting that when you tune into him specifically because he doesn't he's i'm not a he was a journalist and actually his his old writing at the weekly standards and and all that was actually pretty good reporting uh but but then you you shifted to you know don lemon and and chris como they're not billed or advertised as opinion hosts even though they, they they are in practice but they i mean you just have the banter between uh cuomo and 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 lemon when they do their when they do their handoff and it is just nowhere near an objective news anchor yeah. as an opinion house and so that's part of the issue where they 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 like they do like to have it both ways but they're they don't want to admit to it and and that's just why people don't like the media and uh, i mean i i hate the mainstream media in terms of <laughs> of how it is yeah, be, mean, because because people see because regular people see through that and yeah, it's like it, it's it. like everyone can talk ratings but at the end of the day you know Let's be honest. A third of one percent of this country is watching media. Yeah, reality. And so, and and like I said, I, there's nothing inherently wrong with what they're doing in in, in that aspect, but it's just it's it's like it's false advertisement. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's just it's just like it's, just it's like false advertisement. And so people yeah. don't appreciate that, and so that's why that's why conservative media exists uh, because yeah. the, I mean I I wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for right. You wouldn't. Um, but it also like, it, it's just also, I've always tried to figure this out, um, going all the way back to the years of, you know, rush before he passed, but the way he created his market, I just always have found it interesting is how like, you know, the left wing or progressive, whatever it is you want to assign to it, that stuff plays really well on TV, but that's kind of where it dies. Like it's not very popular on, you know, terrestrial radio. It's not popular on radio in general. Uh, it's just not, there's just like no big, uh, like progressive radio, radio host. star host, right? Like, yeah. like, there are not, don't get me wrong. There are some who do host radio shows, but come on, they're not on the yeah. level of that. And I felt like that had always, the way Rush described it, I felt like he was just able to articulate the fact that, you know what, regardless of what you see on these major platforms, especially in the media, like cable news, those are not accurate depictions of, of this country. The real country is right there in the middle. Like everyone's kind of right in the gray, right? There's no like everyone's red, everyone's blue. Everyone's kind of, I think, right in the middle. And that's what I wanted to kind of get people to realize going back to all that stuff that you covered last year, man. It's like if you just sat in your apartment and a lot of people or a house, a lot of people did because they're the yeah. pandemic, right? And all yeah. you saw was what was on the media. You forget what's outside your door with your neighbors. Like you forget what's out there in the reality. And man, I could sit and feel really bad about what the hell's going on in a lot of places in this country. But as soon as I go outside and just deal with my neighbors, I go to the pool, I hang out, I go to the fucking barbecue and I grill every night. I go out and actually interact and, and, and I'm a part of 
my community, not just where I live, but also where I work, where I'm in some really uh, sketchy areas at times. And then also some really wealthy affluent areas that I could never afford to be in just because that's my area of operations. Um, that's just not what's going on out there, man. Like it's not like everyone's, yeah. everyone is just, and you know what? I, and I don't want to make this about me because this is about you. I just, but it goes back. It, it brings me back to when we went into Iraq during the invasion and I would actually get the opportunity to speak with the average fucking Iraqi dude. And they're just dudes with families who are just trying to do the best for their families. And I felt like that's always been universal. It's across this planet, not just America. But I say that because that's what I'm talking about when I bring up those things. Like if I just go outside my door and I start talking to my neighbors, if I really peel the onion back, yeah, we probably don't see eye to eye on every goddamn thing in this issue or in this world. But I can get along with them. Like yeah. I can look out, no. we can look out yeah. for each other. Like, you know, we don't have to be like, ah, you voted for Biden or you voted like, that's not real to me. Well, yeah. And, and that's why when everything was happening last year, it, it, it was, it was kind of a bit of a shock. Cause I, I took vacation for like the first time in a super long time in August. Well deserved after it was right after kenosha and it was just kind of weird because i had just been in constant i I wouldn't say fight mode but in constant turmoil i would say well like on mode like you know yeah yeah exactly yeah Yeah. you're just always on you can't do that for extended periods and so it was weird because we went up to uh lake arrowhead in california yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I drive by that place all the time going to my brother's. I've always wanted to yeah. go there, man. It's nice. No, it was, it was nice. And it was yeah. just, it was just like weird. Pyramid Lake is around there too, right? Kind of. Big, no. Big Bear Lake. Yeah, Big yeah, yeah. No, okay. I know what you're talking about. My brother went to Lake Area. Okay, got it. Yeah. Anyway. And so, <laughs> and so, it was, so it was just weird sitting at a lake with just people around that weren't trying to kill each other or trying to yeah, break that. stuff and, 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 break, and break things. And so, that, and that's the benefit about America being so big is just that yeah. there, there, there were, there were thankfully places where none of that stuff really happened. And, but, and so I agree with your point that, and, and I know it's not an original thought because everyone likes to say, Oh, we're more united than divided. And, but it is, it is true. But I, I think, I think unfortunately that is becoming less true. And, and maybe that's just because I've seen a but lot. No one's highlighting of, uh, it. You know what I mean? Like no one's spending the time to highlight that because we get it right. What's the old silly little news thing. If it bleeds, it leads. Right. But I mean, no it does. One, yeah. it, it, and it does. You're right. It does. Or, um, I don't know. Think of something uh, like, like literally the only thing that like the only like good, the only like consistent good news that actually works is like, humans rescuing puppies and kittens <laughs> i mean or soldiers coming home from the forever or soldiers coming that never home, seemed but... to end and we're finally ending them good but anyway <laughs> <laughs> but but and so but no the, and the, there is something to be said about that but then it also just speaks to the human condition because then it's like why do we like watching bad news and why do and then it's just like well so then because i was having this conversation yeah. with, with with my mom the other day i mean what does that say about me yeah, first I, mom joke, I, like, I didn't make it though but anyway go ahead but it wasn't a, it was, I actually had a conversation with I my know. mom. I, I was going to say that I had a conversation with your mom too. Oh, with your, oh, with your, uh-huh, okay. <laughs> I, 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 knew, I knew as soon as I said my mom, I knew there was going to be something. Coming. <laughs> it was coming. Uh, I, I knew, I, but, but, but the point was just that yes. I was, I was, I was just asking like, what does that say about me that I enjoy being at these types of things? Yeah. Right. Like, well, I don't know. And so that's something I'm still kind of figuring out because as much as as much as i enjoy being at these things i also know that it does psychological harm because i mean yeah. you, and and this is and, and i know i've talked about this in in our, in our group chat before and because yeah. i i know you're not supposed to compare traumatic events to another thing but it just happens naturally especially when you're around a group of guys who have actually gone to war and actually yeah. done stuff and, and it's not even just you but like i hear stuff at, at my old unit uh and and all the stuff that that they went through and it's like well of course they have ptsd or of course they're yeah. you know they have these they have these struggles and moments and then i think about what i went through and you're like oh yeah they were high stress situations but it wasn't and and i make it a point to not call it you know minneapolis was the closest to a war zone but it yeah. wasn't actually a war zone just because thankfully there wasn't that much shooting right. <laughs> going on like back and forth yeah, and, yeah. and ieds and, and what have you 
but and so it's just like well okay yeah you, i was in very high stress situations but i always slept in a bed in a hotel and i sure i was hungry but i i mean after the kyle rittenhouse shootings i went and got fucking mcdonald's <laughs> at, the end of, <laughs> at the end of it and then and then i slept in a bed and then also yeah. i i'm never away from home for more than a week uh at, at these things because usually that's when okay I've, I've done what i i've done what i'm good at and now it's time to move on to the next thing but so it's just like so when i started to experience uh pts symptoms i was at first yeah i was just kind of like i don't it feels like i didn't rate to have it which because i was thinking like oh because everyone else that i know went through went through this and and i know again you're not supposed to do that because you can get ptsd from a car crash or whatever but it, it was just it was just that i know how good i had it and then and then also it was trying it was also trying to avoid having like a look how this is affecting me moment because I really hate it when reporters do that. I mean, Which I, we saw today with the, the bulletproof. Vest oh, I mean, uh, with that, <laughs> I didn't speak on it because like, I get where she's coming from. I think I, I get where she's, yeah. I get where especially she's coming because from and- of you, I think immediately I thought of Julio last year when you were just out there with nothing. I'm like, all right, I get that, but still. To, to, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we, we could talk about that offline. Yeah. But, it, but, but so, and so, but right. And so, but that, that's one example. And, and I've had, I, I, and I, I've had those moments where, you know, cause you do want to relay the, the, the human condition because I mean, yeah. reporters are human. It's a real thing. Right. Yeah. Reporters are human. Uh, and, and so they, and that's what I'm saying with my example where it's just like, okay, well, I don't want to tell anybody or at least I don't want to, publicly broadcast it because people aren't tuning in to to hear what how this ride's affecting me and because it's not about me it's about what's right. happening in the yeah. city and happening to the inhabitants of the city yeah but at the same time i mean it is it is a real thing that happened i mean same thing with like the the threatening messages i've gotten i mean people yeah, are, 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 are people aren't following me so that they know hey again like this is how people react to my reporting but the reason why I tweeted that one thread out specifically, because one, it was actually credible. Yeah. But then, but then two, because it's real, it, it's real. And it's something that I have to kind of think about whenever I go to certain locations or, or do certain things. And I mean, obviously that says more about them than it says about me, but it, to go back to the original point. So that that's why when I started to get the nightmares and, and I had, had trouble sleeping. I mean, I still do. I mean, I, I still, I, <laughs> I had uh, five days, three nightmares yeah. just this week, right? What do you have nightmares it, about though? Like, it depends. I mean, so because so <laughs> I I am not much of a dreamer. So before all this, I wasn't much of a dreamer. Okay. Uh, which which I like because I, mm-hmm. I I hate even having good dreams because they're not real. Because like you wake up and you're like, <laughs> oh, that that good thing that I was experiencing wasn't real. So I didn't even like good dreams. <laughs> but but I wasn't. Uh, you know, as I got older and got past like you know, the childhood days, I rarely dreamed. And so then that all changed pretty much in August, October, August, September. Okay. And so, so sometimes I'm at a riot. Like (laughs) there was, I've I've had so many, I can't even like, sometimes they like seems really one felt like I was in Philadelphia. Another is just like a nondescript. One of them felt like I was back in (laughs) Minneapolis, although it was like the slightly different like terrain or whatever. And so other times it's, it's just kind of one of those nightmares where things are happening and there's no plot to it, but it's just like bad things are happening and, and you're experiencing yeah. that. And so it, it depends, but most of the time it's where like things are, are like happening. Or, and then, I, I mean, I had one where I got found out when I, like I got discovered and yeah. when I was in like an, like a BLM crowd and obviously they're not, they're no fans of mine. Cause I actually report what's that, what, what they do. Right. Uh, and so, <laughs> It's just, it's just things like that. And so thankfully, like that's kind of mostly to the extent, but then after the Brooklyn center riot from uh, uh, March, no, April. Yes. And, and uh, I was sitting out on my balcony and you know, there's, there's a road that's right over here mm-hmm. and a car backfired twice. And Damn. each time it backfired, I had an instant like jump and, and like, and that was like legit. Like that was like the first because in yeah. Brooklyn Center there was gunfire, 
and uh, that was pretty close by. And actually, it was it, it sounded like a drive by where you know there was one person shooting and then like two different people shot back or whatever. Yeah. And so and so the first time it happened, I, I did the jump and a little bit of the duck, and then I thought, wait, no, that's just car backfiring. Like, why am I doing this? And then it backfired again. And then literally, even though I knew it was backfiring and not actual gunfire, I still had that reaction. Well, I and think it's what, just, you're, what you're having, Julio, man, I think it, it, it's 100% normal, right? And, and it, well, is. No. Like it is because everything's yeah. so fresh to you, right? So I bring that up because you described stuff backfiring. So when we went into the invasion in Iraq in 2003, like I was there for 16 months. I came back in May 21st of 2004. I still remember going down to you know, my grandma, my great grandmother had passed and my grandparents had taken over the house. And we went to the 4th of July parade in uh, Fort Myers, Florida. And I couldn't do it, man. Like every time something went off, I was just like, I got it. Like I got to, I, I couldn't do it, but it was so fresh. And now like none of that shit bothers me. And I'm not saying yeah. stuff is eventually not going to bother you. I'm just saying, I feel like it's totally normal because all this stuff is so fresh to you still. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and it's and I'm not like one of those like oh, I'm a veteran. Don't like don't put up fireworks. No, but don't. Me. I also don't want you to discount <laughs> yeah. what you've gone through, man. That's the other thing. Like you already mentioned it. Like don't compare yourself to dudes who've done others. That doesn't matter. How you react is always going to be an individual thing. And, and, and it was also just really funny too because it, when the gunfire was happening in Brooklyn Center, I I was ready. I was getting ready to do a hit on Fox News on Skype, and so that's why we we're still out there. And so me just thinking, okay, things are done now, which is just a dumb thing to assume. Uh, I, I, I still had my, I still had my vest on, but I left my backpack and I left my helmet in the car that we, that we were using. And it was like about a block away. And so then when the gunfire started happening, I was like, shit, I got, I got, cause I, I it was the same thing with the Rittenhouse shooting. Cause I had clipped my, I had taken off my helmet cause I, I was wearing it for, for hours at that point because there was a lull yeah, before the shooting. It's fucking the, annoying. <laughs> and, and so I, I I clipped it to my backpack, and so when the shooting was because it wasn't just Rittenhouse, it was other people shooting, and so because you know my it's my right hand that I was filming with because that's my dominant hand, and I clipped it to my right side, and ah. so as I as I was filming, I I was trying to I was trying to unclip it, and I just couldn't do it because I was trying <laughs> I was trying to focus on filming. Clip I was to also the vest, Julio, to the yeah, vest. I, I couldn't I, I couldn't clip it to my vest at the time. Oh, it was a, it was the Mollies. Don't have the Mollies. No, it, this no, was okay. this was my old this was my old uh, gotcha. uh, the blue one where yeah, there was yeah, yeah. 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 okay yeah. yeah. So now now it's different now, but and so so I was trying to focus on filming. I was trying to you know my adrenaline's like really jacked up, so you yeah. know the motor skill the fine motor skills are gone. And then also I was trying to find hard cover, <laughs> just instinctively. And I just the things I Julio do does for you, America. Pay some I just respect. I, and so, but and so that that whole time, that whole time when rifle rounds were being popped off, and I had only handgun plating at the time, uh, and then I had my helmet. And so, and so then when Brooklyn Center happened again, I was and of course me being idiotic, I was going towards the sound of it. But then I was thinking like, oh, here, here I am again, another like another gunfight. I don't have my my helmet on. Um, but so that, that, that's part of it, right? Like there, there, there are certain, like the reason why I felt comfortable enough to go towards the sound of that gunfire, because there, it wasn't snapping past me yeah. and there was some pretty good hardcover with the apartment buildings that, that I knew I could kind of duck behind if they were, if they were starting to come our way, but it, it, it adds up. And then, and, and when, when Biden, when Biden was, you know, declared the victor in, in November, I thought, okay, like this, we're done with riots. Like, 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 and, and so then January 6th happened and I covered that and almost got trampled on in the rotunda. I, I literally had this, like this moment where uh, after I had escaped, cause I mean, that's, that's what it was. And I, I, I nearly had a nervous breakdown just right outside the Capitol building while really? people are still fighting. Yeah. So fighting the cops. Yeah. I, I was, I was, cause yeah, because I I was suffocating. I mean, like people. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, okay. I, I I know yeah. I know people make the short jokes, but I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm easy I'm easy to trample on. I fully admit that. And so, and so I was I my 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 breathe like my breathing was so constricted. Like I started to go like black because like I was starting to lose a little bit of consciousness. Oh shit! From, from all that, and so Damn. and so when I was able to finally escape all that, uh, they I just I was like that was. So like that's stupid. That was idiotic. Why'd you go inside? And it's because of what was yeah. happening inside. And and like I I literally wanted to quit 
just ride coverage right then and there just because yeah. like the, the stress because like it wasn't just the stress of that what had just happened but it was like the cumulative you know of everything it just felt like it was going to like just crush me mentally right then and there and then thankfully i had a friend at the daily caller who found me and she kind of like we kind of snapped out of it because then uh some tear gas was being deployed on the north side of, of the complex and so i kind of got back into the, like the mindset but yeah no there was a good like five six minutes where i was just trying to get my breath back and just thinking like this is so stupid why am i still doing this <laughs> Um, and so, but I, I'm going to continue doing it as long yeah, as I'm able I'm, to, I'm, it, I'm, it, glad you I'm are. not, I'm not, I'm not, I didn't hear no bell. And so it, it's just, it's just, <laughs> it's just important. And, and, and like I said, I still, for whatever reason, still very much enjoy being, being in all that. So, I mean, yeah, so, so there's two things I want to ask next. Okay. So one, it's something, cause you already mentioned, you know, the group chat that, you know, we're blessed to be a part of, but um, one of the guys you brought up a few weeks back was uh, a World War II war correspondent who was killed in the Philippines, Ernie Pyle. Ernie Pyle, yep. Right? So what about him has either, I don't know, did it, has he like motivated you to do this stuff or is this someone you've learned about why you've been doing this stuff or, or what? Because, man, I went back, once you mentioned that dude's name, I started to look, I'm like, God, that dude that motherfucker should have just have been in the goddamn war with all the shit he did. Like, that's crazy, man. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah. No, he, he had, I mean, yeah, he had a, so I, 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 I heard about him, but I didn't actually look into his work until fairly recently. So I bought yeah. one of his, one of his books Yeah. Um, that I read when I'm on airplanes and, and, and whatnot. And so, no, he, he's definitely, cause one, he was just a journalist. Right. And, yeah. and I mean, yeah, he was he was right there in so many places. He had so many close calls. Uh, I mean, there was one when they, he was in Italy uh, during the Anzio campaign, and they 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 were in, they were in this house, uh, him and a bunch of other war correspondents, and he was at the top, like near the attic, or like one of the top floors. And a German fighter bomber just blew up the place, and and they thought that everyone thought he was dead, uh, but I think if I'm remembering correctly, like a wall collapsed just the right way that protected him from like everything else. And so that's how he was able to survive that. But, and and so then, yeah. And then eventually he, he did, he was killed. uh, Not, 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 not the Philippines. He was killed. Oh, sorry. uh, Iwo Jima Okinawa. Yeah. Right. So I I meant Pacific theater. One of the, yeah. One of the, one of those two islands. I can't, I can't, I think it was, I think it was Okinawa, but anyway. And so, yeah, I mean, like it was just, it was just one of those, because he was wearing his he was wearing his helmet and the japanese machine gun yeah just on the island of leshima in the pacific yeah what, but what, what 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 was that the what campaign was that part of uh fuck killed by japanese machine gun fire on the isle of leshima i'd probably have to get through a, yeah i don't know man i don't know okay. yeah so because it, it was no. one, it was one it was one of the smaller islands that they were just mopping up and they thought yeah was, and but yeah. that's what that's like because if we think about it in all honesty what he decided to go do and you talked about anzio like so he went from not only just hey the european theater hey you know what let me go cover this stuff that's out going on in the pacific like yeah that that's not like that's nuts to me and i i i think that's just part of the american spirit back in that time where it's just people they were they were fearless man they're fearless they're god-fearing and and guys like that you know they did a lot to bring back to the american at home who was just because this you this obviously pre-internet pre-cable pre-everything like we were still waking up to the news like we didn't deal with it in real time like it was just like what what was in the newspaper and guys like that were ones out there actually feeding these stories so you could know what the fuck was actually going on and uh i don't know man maybe it's something you'll look into in your own time but just like people who came even before that like i don't even know when the whole concept of the war correspondent came about. And I don't even know if you know that now, maybe on your own, you already know, but so that was in the, that's world war two. Think about everything that took place in the 1800s. Like, I don't know any other people, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know when this niche kind of came about in the, in the journalism where it was just like, Hey, we're going to go cover wars. And I don't even know if it's something that originated in America. This could have been going on in 
you know, fucking Europe's been having war for what thousands of years. <laughs> you fucking know, yeah. right? And I get yeah. it. There's people who have the like we've got history and we've got written scrolls and history and all this stuff of all these conflicts that have taken place. But I'm just curious, like when the war correspondent kind of popped up. No, I I think that's something I would have to definitely look into because because then I mean even going forward, I mean you had Vietnam, you had Joseph Galloway. Yeah, uh, yeah, right, that, right. That, 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 so we were soldiers. If everyone remembers that movie yeah. and that book, great fucking but, book. People think that movie was just like, oh, it was a four day. No, you should read the book and read how long that yeah. took. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that no, I've I've read the book and it, yeah, but it, it's just, but like I was saying, it's important because that that's it's not on the same level as war, but it because it it's part of history and it's going to be yep. part of our history now and and. I was I've been actually watching uh, and I've been looking, reading into a lot of the 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 long, hot summer, you know, 67, mm-hmm. uh, where I mean, Minneapolis, Minneapolis is bad. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, Newark and Detroit was just I mean, it, is, it was yeah. 10 times worse. I mean, like that was that I would actually call an actual war zone because there were actual multiple gun battles happening all over the place uh, in the in those cities. And so that I would say would definitely rise up to because I mean, there's snipers and yep there i mean everyone's just shooting <laughs> so and and the destruction was i think more widespread especially in like detroit mm-hmm. and um because uh, and so but so the, the the main point is just that you you know as as we're as technology evolves and and so that's why i knew that i could i could make that impact and make that my make that my thing uh yeah. when 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 the situation arises and then you know there's stuff at the border and and, and what whatever but none of those opportunities would have been afforded to me if i didn't go out and first and and utilize the tools that i had at my disposal because yeah. you know i don't have i don't have a college degree i don't want a college <laughs> yeah. degree yeah, no, you, don't need thing, it. you don't need it man, right well right. Doing, oh yeah people still ask, people still ask me oh, you go back but i school. am surprised that you got hired without it because i because you, you talked about applying I, I was i was confident because not only did i knew that i was good at that but also just being a marine reservist in the back you know kind of the back pocket okay. yeah, I, yeah. I i because that at least that tells people okay he's not just some random ass kid he's yeah, like so he actually it does, went it it opens the door okay it opened the door a little bit but i still obviously had to prove that i could still write yeah. in in non-crayon, non-crayon form <laughs> which is hard let's be honest <laughs> it, it is very it is very hard yes no, it's very hard but and uh, so it's it, it's just it's just it's just what I, it's just what i love to do and i i i i'm glad i've been able to be successful at it and because it, it's just it's just important at the end it of the is. Day. And so I got, I got, cause I know we, we kind of want to do a, a time cap here, but I, I got two questions left for you. One was, one is uh, where, where do you ultimately want to take this? Cause I know you don't probably want to fucking cover rides forever. Are you trying to go the Tucker Carlson route? Or are you just trying to, you trying to write like what, where do you see yourself? Cause you're a young guy. What about 10 years? Where, what do you feel like you're going to be doing then? Or what do you want to ultimately be doing 10 years from now? Honestly, I don't know. I mean, I, I very, I very much enjoy being out in the field. I, I mean, I know the reason why people take the the studio gigs because I mean, there's, that's where that's where the big money is at. Yeah. But I mean, I just very much enjoy being out and seeing stuff for myself and being able to relay it. I mean, it's the the border crisis is a great example of that. And and I'm gonna the, the plan is to go back soon, maybe next week. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but just being able to be there and chew the dirt and actually see things because I mean, when you see it for yourself, it's, it's just a whole new yeah. point of view on it. And exactly. And, and so I'm not, I'm not entirely too sure. I, I, I would like to think I can resist the, I mean, if we're thinking 10 years from now, kind of resist the urge to be either in a, in a studio or, or office setting you know, full time. Cause I, I just don't really, like that and and obviously I, I mean i traveled during the whole covid thing and yeah. <laughs> so i had every reason i had every incentive to stay home right but i, yep. I didn't and I, I was the month of april last year was terrible because i was that was that's where you know everything was still fresh and but yeah so, was- so, so 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 to answer your question i'm not i'm not entirely too sure i i, I just want to continue just being out in the field okay and then so i would say the last question before we get the hell out of here is uh so to, to go into the border stuff. Cause I know you didn't get a chance to talk about that much tonight, but what is it that you see on the border? That's either different from the, uh, 
when when President Trump was there to now and and what do you kind of expect to take place going forward? Like what what should the everyday American who doesn't and they probably don't listen to this fucking show, but if they did, like what the hell should they know? I would say. Well, just that it the the effects of illegal immigration, human smuggling, drug trafficking. I mean, it it it, it goes way beyond McAllen, Laredo, El Paso, Nogales, and, and San Diego. I mean, the reason they're not they're not all staying in those border towns. They they they're going into the interior of the United States. And so, I mean, it's so easy to not think about it if you don't live near yeah, the border. Right. But I mean. I mean, where because I mean, we talk about fentanyl, right? I mean, where is that coming from? It's coming from uh, Mexico, and and or, or it's being trafficked through, you know, yep. through those areas, and so it ends up in Ohio, or it ends up in you know, any of these states that are dealing with these opioid, you know, the opioid crisis, right? right. And so it, it it spreads far and wide. And I will say that the first victims of illegal immigration are the migrants themselves because they are just they go oh man some of the i mean the horror stories that you hear of what they've been through i mean we there there was just it was just reported i can't remember where i saw it but there was a 14 year old pregnant girl six months pregnant who was oh, caught being lowered down over one of the wall or one of the walls i think i think it was 14 feet so it's, it's not a trump wall um but right i mean it's like I mean, it's just, it's just unreal. And, and, and and so it, it, yeah. And so like, these are, these are people and, and, you know, they are looking for a better life. I mean, I, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. It's for a fucking reason, but it's also. And so, and I'm not saying that makes it okay with what they're doing, but I mean, these are, these are people and they Mm -hmm. go through a lot of terrible things. And that's why it's frustrating when you have an administration that incentivizes it. I don't (laughs) go go too much into it. But when, when you say we're not going to deport, Unaccompanied minors. Well, guess what's going to happen? People are going to send. There's going to be voluntary. Yeah, you know, gonna, there's going to be voluntarily yeah, exactly. family separation happening, right? Yep. And so, but I mean, and so they think, oh, well, we're doing a more compassionate, more humane approach. That's not compassionate and to to put vulnerable kids in the hands of these evil, you know, these evil organizations that are going to take advantage of them. It's and such that's, a that's, weird diet dynamic because it's like yeah, there, there's the argument for bring these people over. It's like great, got it. Now what? Yeah, that, and so I mean, we're we're not exactly and, and allowing one of and, and one of the really uh, disturbing things because like a lot of times I mean you know because obviously they're they're coming here a lot of, because they don't have money yeah and so it's a very expensive thing and so uh, what's not talked about often enough or not what's not talked about enough is the fact that they are kind of in this indentured servitude mm-hmm. position once they actually get to the United States because yeah. they have to pay off the, they have to pay off their debt and uh, there's an example of that because when I would ask a lot of these, these, these people, when, when they would walk by, like, Oh, where are you going? And, you know, I'd get Florida, I'd get Houston, kind of the, the, the normal spots I hear. But one spot I would hear a lot was North Carolina. And uh, so I, so I asked, hey, maybe they're joining the 82nd airborne. What's up, North Carolina. We got some Marines there too, right? What up? And so <laughs> I asked an old DHS contact uh, that worked under the Trump administration. And I said, Hey, why, why are why are they, why am I hearing North Carolina a lot? And he said, well, one of the reasons why is because they uh, have passed uh, in some of the counties, they've passed uh, basically sanctuary city type ordinances. Ah, And so the sheriff's departments don't work with ICE anymore. And so the cartels moved in Mm -hmm. uh, into these strongholds, basically. And so they, you know, so the cartels traffic the people and then they go to North Carolina and then the the U.S. branch, (laughs) the North Carolinian branch. Oh, that cartel makes sure that they pay off their debt uh, that 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 they are owed, and so uh, and so that so that's one of the reasons why. And so again, it's a lot of the suffering doesn't even stop once they get to the United States because then they, like I said, they're in this indentured servitude type of yeah. thing, and that's and again, that's that's not like a more compassionate way of of, of going about it. And look, I mean, the issue of immigration is, 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 is very complex. It's long standing. It's, it's, <laughs> I, again, I don't have a solution for it. Um, I yeah, think, I think, I, I think some, I, I think some <laughs> of those things that president Trump did was, was good. I think there were some bad uh, policies, but overall, I mean, when you decentivize people to come because now, right now, human, you know, human trafficking and human smuggling 
is more profitable for the cartels than than drug smuggling because there's mm-hmm. such a high demand of people trying to get in. And exactly. we're gonna we're gonna get the uh, apprehension numbers for for April soon, hopefully in the next day or so from CBP. But I mean, it's gonna be about it's estimated to be about the same, or, or, like over 170 thousand in the month of April, which is One insane. Month. Of course, wow. and of course, those are the people who are apprehended. There's a there's an estimated 1,000 people a day who are able to get away and are not accounted for. And it's like, okay, well, who are those people? So yeah it's 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 crazy yeah so i hope uh whoever tuned in and uh will tune in listens to this and understands uh not just only what julio's done over the last year but what he's also reported from the border because these are important things and he's doing um and i appreciate you doing them man because like i said there's not a lot of people willing to take a the risk that you've done prior to all this taking place and, and unfolding for you but uh, most people just, they don't, they, I don't think they have the stomach for it. And I think, I, I think people really need to understand, like, there's a lot of value in what you do. So I don't know what your conversations are at night before you go to bed, but don't ever second guess yourself and what you're doing. Cause it is important. And we need you to continue. To do I appreciate it. that. Yeah. For continue to do it for as long as you want to, man. Um, but that is Julio Rosas. And again, you can follow him on the Twitter, Julio, where can they find you on Twitter with your blue check mark, sir? Uh, Julio underscore Rosas 11. There it is. Julio underscore Rosas 11. You can find me at Eric TWBB and Julio is also on a variety of platforms. Okay. You can find him on townhall.com where he writes, or you can look for him probably appearing on the Tucker Carlson show on foxnews.com. Okay. Or heck yeah. Yeah. And you do a lot of Ingram and all that other stuff. Anyway, um, so that's that. Now, before he gets out of here, please go follow, like, and subscribe to There Will Be Bourbon, the podcast on YouTube, and then also the audio version on all of your your favorite podcast hosting sites like Apple and Spotify. Leave a review. Tell us how much you love Julio. We all do. Until next time, remember, dramatic pause, There Will Be Bourbon. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to stop this.